Welcome to Royal Fetish Radio. I am your host, Jet Setting Jasmine. And I am King Noir. What's going on, Jazz? I'm chilling, chilling, chilling. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. Right now, we are recording in this very cozy booth here at Brick House Studio. Yeah, yeah, Atlanta. What's good? Mm-hmm. We are here. Yes, yep. shout out to Living Align and Kinked Up ATL for bringing us here. I'm excited. I can tell. I, I want to see all the things. All the things? Yes. Well, you said you want to do all the things, too. I want to do most of the things as most well. Most of the things. Has, <laughs> so you're scaling back. Yes. It started off as do all the things, <laughs> y'all. And now it's like, mm. But that's how it is, though, right? Yeah. And that's, I think yeah. we're going to touch on that a little bit. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. consent. And there's never a wrong time to take away consent. So just because you were like, yo, before the play party, I'm trying to fuck a body, a thing. I'm going yeah. all the way. And then you get there and you're like, mm, maybe I'll go halfway. <laughs> maybe I'll go part of the way. Maybe I'll go none of the way. But you have that right to rescind at any time. They have a glory hole. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about going on the other side with your dildo. <laughs> <laughs> and seeing how much action I can well, get. I, mean, I thought you was just going to go over to that glory hole and be like big clear energy and just I could do throw that. it on through like blah. Or I could go on the other side and just smack dicks across. Yo, that would destroy someone's glory hole experience forever. But it would be so awesome for me to have like an impact, a flog, flog dicks on the other side. That would be kind of dope. All right. But I have to make sure that everybody I mean, is okay with consen- it. Like right after I'm talking about side. consenting. You're I'm talking, talking about, about consenting. Ninja <laughs> flogging dicks <laughs> in a glory hole. Because glory, go- glory holes, yeah, there's consent, but it's like, you know, the anonymous part of I'm going to stick my dick through, yeah, and it's going to wind up in a, in a hole. <laughs> Not that it's going to be attacked. In my swirly hole of floggers. <laughs> Your whirlwind. Throw it in the whirlwind. Oh, man, what are we talking about today? Oh, oh, oh. You fucking out there sounding people in the glory holes, you said? Yo, be safe. <laughs> King Top ATL. <laughs> I'm glad this is after. Don't worry, y'all. I'm going to stop. I'm going to be like... There's no fucking stop. I'm going to go back in time like Terminator and stop you from sounding motherfuckers at the kinked up. There's no stopping me. Let's let's get to it. All right. So our first question is, what advice do you have for folks that are new to kink and need guidance figuring out what they would like? What can safe experimentation and negotiation look like for novices? Oh, that's a good one. I know, I read the fuck out of that. Yeah, you did. Let me let me just eyeball it a little bit. Okay. So one of the things that um, come to mind first is exploring for yourself. And I think one of the safest places to explore is like in a class, in a group setting, um, maybe even doing some observations before jumping right into exploring a new kink. How about for you? Definitely try things from the first first step Mm -hmm. you know like if you're like yeah you know i want to try anal play with my partner you don't want to just jump in there and throw your whole dick Mm -hmm. in somebody (laughs) ass without any prep you know Mm -hmm. like you should look through what the different steps are to get yourself ready for that and then you know maybe start with some beads Mm -hmm. maybe start with some light play some rimming or whatever like that you know so i think that starting with steps Mm -hmm. keeps it safe yeah i agree and i think you know um, kind of like we were talking about earlier, like it's okay to try something and then take a step back, reflect, see if it's if it's working for you. 
Um, and it's okay if it's not. It's okay to try something new or just to keep it at the level that you're comfortable with. So the other thing I definitely would consider, um, I would suggest working with sex workers like ourselves, whether it's in the capacity of exploring things with cam models or um, other sex professionals that is legal and safe in, in your town. Never underestimate the value of a professional. Yep, yep, yep. Are there specific communication methods that are particularly effective or ineffective in kink spaces or dynamics? tell you ineffective for sure is any type of kink shaming word yeah that definitely can put a damper on people feeling free and safe and able to explore make their needs known as if they feel that they're being shut down now it's perfectly okay if something is not your preference or um it's not for you but don't yuck anyone's yum i like that i like that uh, i also think you know learning what People refer to different acts and fetishes and kinks, like referring to them by names that people will understand mm, to a certain extent mm -hmm, is helpful. Mm -hmm. um, learning if you're going to be doing anything that could cause bodily harm, learning what the different parts and functions of the body are so you, so yeah. you can be able to communicate that, uh, understanding the anatomy and being able to express, you know, openly what it is that you're looking for and what you want so the better you communicate the better and more effective all of these negotiations will be absolutely what does consent look like in the context of ds power exchange how do larger societal power imbalances such as race gender ability inform conversations and practices around kinky consent hmm. Hmm. that's okay. a good one well i can take the, f the first portion sure so in a DS power exchange, before any power is exchanged, there need to be some set um, rules, limits, expectations for both parties. And so I think consent looks like actually talking about what you want to experience. And that goes for both. The dom and the sub have an opportunity to make their needs known, their desires known, and what they're willing to do. And then negotiating if those terms work for the other partner. So it looks like consent the same way you would for any other type of um, exchange of intimacy. And Consent is just not that conversation that you have prior to engaging, but it's the checking in throughout, making sure that the consent is still um, valid. I guess that might be the best way to put it. And you can negotiate in the middle of scenes if there's things that you want to change or if maybe you are overly ambitious and need to scale back. And then we also like to talk about consent after with respect to how you're going to interface with each other for aftercare or even when the power exchange comes to an end. Yeah, and I think the larger societal power imbalances come into play when you're talking about people who are trying to push things like race play mm -hmm. or even times, you know, when people automatically think that the dom should be the man and the sub should be the woman. You know, if people have these... Uh, ideas that a certain gender or a certain race is subservient, then, you know, if they're trying to push a, a specific agenda where they feel that they are dominant over somebody else because of who or what they are, you know, that's going to pop up. Uh, definitely, you know, people come into these things with race where it's like, you know, you're Asian, so you're supposed to be subservient to me or mm -hmm. some crazy shit like that, then, you know, I think it does come into the larger play. But I think, you know, when people are actually 
expressing themselves for who they are uh, and how they see themselves in regards to domination and submission, they leave all that extra societal stuff behind, hopefully. Yeah. I just want to um, really add that the kink world it becomes very much like a microcosm of the larger <clears throat> world so when we think about ease and communication between genders or ease and communication between people of different backgrounds whether that be race religion all kinds of things there's lots of intersections in the kink community so um, you know we look to create an inclusive space for people um, we certainly honor our differences in and like for example how we talk to our participants about being sensitive to like our historical background, yeah. you know, or being sensitive to the fact that women are often under attack sexually, so it may require a different approach in the kink community. So I think we, we definitely um, encourage people to communicate about those differences that could, they could be really fun and they could certainly be triggers too. I like this next question. For couples that are, for couples that opt to experiment and play together, is kink compatibility or kink complementarity necessary? How can couples that are not necessarily compatible find ways to enjoy and support each other in kink spaces? Hmm, well, that's a good one. I, I, think, <coughs> I think when it comes to compatibility and finding areas of compromise, there does come into play a certain part of like fitting in like a puzzle piece with somebody mm -hmm. like let's say your particular kink like let's say you like to get suspended or something mm -hmm. and I'm not a rigger but I am a voyeur when it comes to you so I'm willing to sit and watch or be supportive you know um, even if it's not your kink you can still be there as your partner's uh, aftercare mm -hmm. specialist mm -hmm. you know what I mean like who who's gonna know how to care for their loved one better than their loved one right so I think in those kind of areas, you, you can find a lot of compromise and, and compatibility. Um, but then also, like, I think a lot of times, like, for people when they view us, they're like, how do two doms exist yeah. in one space? Like, it's some kind of bad sitcom or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, nah, we don't try to dominate one another. We coexist mm -hmm. and dominate others. Or whatever your particular dynamic is, finding a way to work it together, that's where the compromise comes in. Yeah, and that creativity, I think, is, you know, brings a really fun element and like a uniqueness to a uniqueness to couples that play together or find ways to play together. Cool. So, were those all of our questions nope. that came in? Nope. Oh, there's more. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, you don't, you don't get out of here yet. Okay, good. I'm good with that. <laughs> For those that opt to play with new people, how can negotiation work in creating a safe scene? How can every participant work to manage risk, either play, pre-play or post-play, collectively and individually? So, you know, sometimes I think that, like, this word scene is taken so seriously, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, and I understand, like, there does need to be, like, we need to know what we're doing, you know, at least have a really good idea. Um, but it doesn't have to be so scripted. And I think that that level of communication is, like, knowing, like, if I don't get everything out in the very beginning, like, I, I can at least trust that you're going to check in with me throughout, and I can give you feedback as we go. But I think sometimes um, BDSM and the kink world can get a little intimidating because people feel like, 
I don't know how to negotiate a scene. I don't know how to create this this environment. And mm-hmm. really, it's like all you got to know how to do is to to talk and you know to ask yeah. a couple questions, and then continuously ask questions. And be flexible with your partner. Maybe you guys are saying that you're going to start out with impact play, and then you end with I don't know spit play. Yeah, you, but because you were able to not get so stuck to a particular script. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my thought with that first part. And how do you feel about uh, oh. getting managing participant yeah. risk, both pre and post play, is something that is constant. You never stop. You know, you're always, you should always be checking in with, you know, if you're the top, checking in with your bottom or your sub. And if you're the sub, you know, you should be checking in with yourself. Am I still okay with this? Am I okay physically, mentally, emotionally, all that good stuff? So it's like, in order to make it effective, you have to, just as Jasmine said, continue to communicate and, you know, it's okay to try new things and not like them, mm-hmm. but make sure when you don't like them, you speak up. And same kind of thing, when you try something new and you like it, speak the fuck up. You know, <laughs> like, just keep that keep that open, and then everybody will become more comfortable and kind of know, like, maybe this is, I've been playing with my partner, she's playing with somebody else right now, and we've played for so long, I can look at her and say, hey, you know, that, that, that bad knee is giving out on mm-hmm. her a little bit, let's... Let's move her position or something, you know, because then, you know, even though you might be playing with other people to know that somebody's still there, yeah. making sure that you're good, kind of like what we talked about earlier, you know, it keeps that going. Yeah. At what point is compromise in kink impossible? I don't think that it's ever impossible. I think, like, the compromise sometimes is, like, we don't play together or this is a dynamic that we don't totally share. So we break up. Yeah, that's a hey. We're coming to an agreement. <laughs> we're coming to an agreement. We're compromising that we done you know, for. But sometimes, fuck like out of here. I guess, I don't look at um, the ending of certain relationships to be such a terrible thing. Like I nah, do I think, you. you know, coming to an agreement that's that you're not satisfied or that you're unable to find a way to work with each other in this capacity may mean we need to change capacities of this relationship we need to be friends we need to have a regular vanilla relationship and i explore my kinks without without you you. we still meet up right play cat so i just you know i guess um sometimes with with these kind of topics especially when it comes to relationships we don't give people space to walk away yeah people make Mm -hmm. it seem like that's the end of the world the end of a relationship isn't particularly the end of a world you know it's the end of that relationship, you know, right. or the or the way that yeah, or the way that you know it, yeah. you know, like maybe these bringing certain kinks together um, is just not how we're going to be able to to work it out. So I don't I don't see it as impossible. I see it as maybe it's not the your first um, the outcome that you want at first, but it's the one that you need to be able to be free and true to yourself. Yeah, I think we kind of only look at relationships as together or apart. Mm-hmm instead of looking at it the different ways that you can be together. Yeah. You know, and keeping it growing. But I, th- I do think, you know, negotiating a scene is impossible with someone who's unwilling to negotiate. Mm-hmm. You know, so if somebody's like, nah, this is what I want to do to you, and you're like, mm, that part I'm not okay with, and they're like, but this is what I want to do, and they're not willing to compromise and get the fuck out of there. Like, that's not 
a healthy person that you should be seeing or playing with. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think in that kind of sense. Right. And then also, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody and just y'all kinks don't line up for either one of you and you can't find a place to negotiate, you know, I look at it like I think because we're thinking kink, people are like, well, just forget about the kink and stay together, right? But if it's a part mm-hmm. of you that's something that, mm-hmm. you know, you want to explore yeah. or that satisfies you and what you're into, you know, you shouldn't have to cut off what pleases you to be with somebody. Right, right. And for a lot of people, their fetishes and their kinks are just as you know much of their identity as anyone else's sexual identity. And um, I just, I do think it is important. The other thing that you, you mentioned about um, speaking up if somebody is too... Too for or getting out of the situation if someone is too forward and not willing to negotiate. I think if you have a partner that's not willing to give feedback, um, mm. that could potentially be one of those areas that I would find really difficult to move forward when you have someone that, um, even in a power exchange, is willing to take is not willing to take any responsibility, and, or not open to giving the partner feedback. I think that that could be really difficult. Feel that. Cool. That's it for the questions. So, yeah, those are great questions. Thank you to the Honeysuckle community for keeping us on our toes and having, I love it because it gives us a chance to share our thoughts and opinions about these very specific areas of kink. It gives me a chance to read really, really intellectual questions when I'm high out of my mind. And thank you for joining me <laughs> <in> tonight. <laughs> well, Honeysuckle, they also have the honey pot, so, you know, they can't be mad if I'm smoking. No, they're not. They're not mad. And, you know, Brickhouse Studios is definitely 420 friendly. So there you go. RoyalFetishXXX.com. Let's see how these cushions work. <laughs>